This is the real Brian with ProfitCast, and you are listening to Jeremy. It's the Neverland Podcast. Episode 60. Let's roll with it. Off to Neverland. Take a start of the right and straight until morning. Neverland. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. And now, please welcome your host for the podcast. He's the pen. I got pen sword on the pen now! Actually, I got his microphone. He's grown up. You promise never to grow old. Here age relives fond memories of the past. Yeah. His nose got real big. Well, who was back to the man? And now... Your host, Jeremy. Hey, it's you. You're back. It's good to see you. Do you have your pixie with you? Well, get your pixie out your pocket because we need to shake some of that pixie dust and we're going to fly away here to Neverland and have a grand time. Forget our worries and troubles. Leave them all in the past. We're going to go where we never have to grow up when we visit Neverland. And it's going to be a great time to remember some great memories that you probably have from your youth. In fact... This is going to be awesome because we have Disney artist Len Smith with us today. And he, well, I don't want to tell you about all he did, but he's a Disney artist and he's designed some things that you've probably seen. And you're really, really going to enjoy this conversation today. It was great. He's such a cool guy. Uh, but before we get on to that, I'd like to remind, remind you to visit NeverlandPodcast.com. There is, of course, it's our home plate. That's where you get to see everything in there. You can find show notes. Of course, you can find show notes if you look at the file you've downloaded from iTunes, Stitcher, or Blueberry. And make sure on those show notes you do find the links to go over to iTunes, Stitcher, and leave us a review so we know how you uh, like us. But also, I'd love your feedback. So if you also can send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can interact with me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Neverland podcast i love it when you follow love it when you retweet love it when you ask questions about the show or tell me what you thought about the show also do the same thing facebook.com slash neverland podcast that is our like page we also do have a facebook group lots of fun things happen throughout the week over there you can also leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and also i would like to invite you to join the neverlanders you just have to take the vow to grow wise, grow strong, and never grow up. And send an email to podcastneverlandpodcast.com. Tell me who you are. Just you know, I only need your first name. So you would be Lost Boy Blank or Pixie Blank, depending upon gender. And then, of course, tell me a little bit about yourself. And then choose for yourself a nickname. Of course, it is pending pan approval. I am Spider Pan. That You will find that, of course, at neverlandpodcast.com. Hit the link to Neverlanders with an exclamation point. You can see our list, and Spider Pan, of course, is the nickname I have as being the Pan. So a Lost Boy is what you are, and then a nickname is what you will be known by because all the Lost Boys and Pixies need to have nicknames. It's in the book. Check it out. And why can't the girls be Lost Girls? Well, that's because girls are too clever. They don't get lost. That's also in the book. Okay. And also, you can find a link to donate through Patreon on our website. Remember, half of the everything you donate through Patreon goes to Give Kids the World. You can find that link also at NeverlandPodcast.com with some fun icons. Or just go straight to Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast. But uh, we've got some interesting news here, so let's get to it. Your attention, please. <laughs> 
Disney Movie News. Okay, well, that's a bit of a misnomer because really it's not Disney news we necessarily have, but it is Disney-owned property. Uh, in fact, it is you know, being made by 20th Century Fox, but it is the X-Men, which is a Marvel property, and Disney does own them, but they do not currently have the rights to make the movies, but we'll talk about them anyway. But X-Men, Age of Apocalypse, is on its way, and there was some casting news. Uh, Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa Stark on HBO's games, Game of Thrones, was going to be playing a young Jean Grey. Uh, she's the one with the telepathic uh, powers, a little bit of telekinetic, mainly mainly telekinetic, but she's like, working on her telepathic powers. She has been played by Fomka Jansen so far in the X-Men films. Uh, you've seen her in GoldenEye, you know, in James Bond movie. That's the first movie I saw her in. Uh, also, she's been in Taken. Uh, also, Ty Sheridan, who was with Matthew McConaughey in Mud, has landed the role of a young Cyclops, also known as Scott Summers. Uh, he's the one, of course, firing optic beams and was previously played by James Marston, uh, who has lately been seen in Superman Returns, which I think he's done some other movies after that, but... You know, Superman Returns is probably the most comic booky one you've seen other than X-Men. But he was... Oh, well, you know, he's been in a Disney movie. He was in Enchanted. He was the prince. Uh, so, you know, you're probably familiar with him anyway. But uh, anyway, Alexandra Shipp, who's best known for playing KT Rush on the show House of Anubis. Um, now, I don't remember. Is that a Nickelodeon show or is that a Disney Channel show? There's somebody. Somebody can leave some feedback. I know I've heard of this show. I think it's a Nickelodeon show. But she's going to be playing a young Storm, Aurora Monroe. And she's, of course, the one that controls the weather and has previously been played by Halle Berry. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse is going to open in theaters on May 27th, 2016. Okay, now I'm going to jump completely off of the Disney area just because this is interesting. Uh, but Melissa Benoist... I, or it might be pronounced Benoit. I am not sure how to pronounce it, but she's been landed the title role in a Supergirl television series that's being in, developed by Berlanti Productions, uh, Warner Brothers, and, and DC Entertainment. Now, this is, of course, being put on CBS, where they're currently showing Gotham. And Gotham is, you know, turned out really well. It's a pretty good series. Uh, but, of course, it's telling the story of Kara Zor-El, who's escaped the destruction of their home planet before arriving on Earth. And it's going to deal with a 24-year-old Supergirl as she begins to embrace the powers that our Yellow Sun provides her. And she gradually becomes the hero she's destined to be. Uh, now, Ben, well, Melissa <laughs> is known for playing Marley Rose on Glee. And she's currently in the Oscar-nominated film Whiplash, and uh, she is plays a character called Nicole, who is kind of a would-be girlfriend to the movie's young drum prodigy, Andrew, which I have not seen. Now, of course, it's being executive produced by Greg Berlanti, who is also the executive producer of Arrow and the Flash. So I suspect it's going to have some tie-in. Now, of course, the question I have to raise is... How are you going to connect Superman into this at all? Now, we know that the, the television series are being completely separated from the movies, but uh, Supergirl kind of learns to embrace her powers and everything through, you know, her cousin, Superman, because uh, War Superman does come first. So uh, I am curious to see what angle they're taking. I'm sure it's going to be an interesting show, but uh, it's going to be a little bit different than, I think, with what we would possibly expect from, you know, anyone in this area of DC Comics and everything, but of course our main primary thing, you know, is Marvel because it's a Disney thing and we love it, but you know what? I love all superheroes and we like to go a little bit beyond around here, so that's something we can ponder, but uh, if you have an opinion on, on this and you want to share it, uh, remember our Twitter feed and our Facebook page, which I gave at the beginning of the show, and you'll also hear something as a reminder at the end of the show. Time out! The Great Space Coaster will return after these messages! <laughs> Oh, 
Are you a fan of ducktails, gargoyles, or tailspin? Then boy, have I got a podcast for you. Hi, I'm Jason, host of DAF Radio. And I'm Matt, the co-host. Join us as we talk about these fan-favorite shows that you grew up with and meet the people that made them. Find us at DAFradio.net or in your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, enjoy the afternoon. I'm in. Now back to the program. To Disney and beyond. All right, Neverlanders. We have over the past well, over a year that we've been doing this show, we've talked to various people who have worked behind the scenes or sometimes on the scene of uh, animation through Disney and uh, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, with voice actors. Uh, we've also now talked to some people who uh, who helped to write some of the shows that we've enjoyed. And now we get to go a, a completely different perspective because somebody has to actually design what these characters look like when we watch these cartoons. And one of those people who worked on a lot of shows, I mean, a lot lot is mr len smith welcome to the show len smith hooray hey jeremy thanks that was my really bad kermit impression <laughs> but i do it for everybody that comes on the show yay but yeah <laughs> i can see the hands waving in the air i actually do that too <laughs> i wave my hands in the air and everything so <laughs> Oh my goodness. But uh, you have a lengthy resume uh, that I'm finding here on IMDb. But before we even get into that resume, let's dig deep and uh, find out, you know, when you were younger, about what point did you start kind of really getting interested in drawing and and, uh, found that you just couldn't get yourself to stop drawing. You always wanted to draw things. I was still in my, uh, in the cradle <laughs> when I got inspired to draw, my first really my first memory is watching my dad paint the Looney Tunes lineup from the Bugs Bunny show on my bedroom wall. Wow! Um, my dad had a uh, scholarship to go to Chouinard for an art scholarship. Uh, he decided to become a carpenter instead, but uh, he was really, you know, uh, genetically I got it from him. Yeah, I, I find that happens with uh, one of our fellows on the podcast, Lost Boy Phil, who actually designs my uh, uh, part, of, the part of my cover art. He drew me there for the cover art. But uh, yeah, his aunt uh, was was quite the artist and would draw things. Uh, like in the church nursery, she she put uh, cartoon characters on the walls in there and stuff like that. So it does seem to be passed on. There usually seems to be somebody who inspires you to, to start going. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I mean, there was always cartoons in my house, but... Uh... I think the first animation I remember watching was the Flintstones. Uh, my grandpa actually worked in a rock quarry, so he loved the <laughs> Flintstones. Uh, how how odd is that? It was meant to be. <laughs> it was destiny. <laughs> yeah, I, I would sit in his lap and watch the Flintstones, and uh, yeah. Wow. Cool start. <laughs> That just fits perfectly because I've even seen uh, on your website uh, you've got a really cool old style Flintstones drawing here on your website, which by the way, everyone is lenvsmith.blogspot.com, and there's actually this uh, really great artwork with some different colors and kind of a different style of Fred and Barney and Dino. I really like that. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Of course, you know I I grew up watching the Flintstones too, so <laughs> of course I'm I'm a little biased. I'm like, look, it's the Flintstones. So They're still my favorite. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> can't beat that some of those classic ones, which we actually had a pretty nice conversation with Katie Lee when we were, you know, we were supposed to be talking a tribute to about uh, Christine Cavanaugh passing away, but uh, got to talking about how some of those classic cartoons have really stuck with us. So is there any other major cartoons that stuck with you besides the Flintstones? Oh, basically it was Hanna-Barbera then, you know, Yogi and Huckleberry Hound and, so my first 10 years was just soaked in TV and Hanna-Barbera and, you know, it's yeah. where I had to work and, and I did. So <laughs> wish granted. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hanna-Barbera really dominated television there for animation for a good long time. Yeah. Well, I got in at the tail end. I got in in the uh, snorks. <laughs> oh, cool. Cooper, uh, you know at the tail end of everything, but at least I got to work there, which was yeah. a dream come true for me. So how did you uh, get that position at Hanna-Barbera? Was that just kind of this, you know, tried everything and just, you know, going out on a limb or did you feel like you had like an inside connection or what? No, I just, well, out of high school, everybody told me, you got to draw, you got to draw, you got to draw. And my nature is to say, no, don't tell me what to do. So <laughs> I what so I avoided it for a few years, and then finally I, uh, you know, got tired of working at Seven Eleven, and uh, so I called them, and I said, "Can I get an interview?" And they said yes. Then I went down the next day. Um, I talked with uh, Harry Love, who was a veteran, old school. Um, he worked on the Tom and Jerry's with. Um, Bill and Joe, and uh, he interviewed me and was looking through my portfolio, and this was a cardboard taped-together portfolio. Whoa. This is how, how, you know, out of the door, I just walked in. And he's looking through, and he goes, you drew these? And I go, yeah. He said, wait here. And about 15 minutes later, he left the room, Fifteen minutes later, he comes back and he says, um, "Can you start today?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll start right now. So I, I went to work for Iwo Takamoto, who was wow. the president of Hanna Barbera at the time, in development of new shows. So right off the street, you know, I went in, kind of at the top. Yeah, did you have to take a moment and just kind of look around and say, "I am working at Hanna Barbera." No, I'm still trying to find that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what sort of things did you have in your portfolio? Did you mainly like to draw cartoons, or did you go and draw some nature scenes at some point or anything like that? Everything that I drew at my desk in high school, because I was the kid who sat at the back of the room and just drew instead of paying attention. (laughs) So I had tons of that stuff, and uh, that was basically my portfolio. (laughs) <laughs> wow. And for all the people that say you have to have this huge professional job and it's got to look like this these days, and you just showed them some talent. <laughs> I never took a class. This year, it will be 30 years wow. uh, since I started at Hanna-Barbera. And I, I've i never taken a class in some of that shows. But uh, um, I've been working pretty steadily since then. Yeah, and we can really dig in because you did mention the Snorks, uh, and you were a key layout artist. 
which yeah. I'm not sure what that means. That means um, we did all the the pre-production work, which means key poses, um, sketching the backgrounds, which is what I did. So the animation is laid on top of those backgrounds after they're painted. Oh, cool. Um, so that's what that is. Ah. Um, and then I did, uh, you know, the development stuff when they needed me. Um, I did uh, Edith Ann, Lily Tomlin's Edith Ann, and uh, some other things uh, that never made it to series, but... That's what, I, that's what I was doing at Hanna-Barbera. Wow. And, uh, yeah, Hanna-Barbera, I think, is that also where they developed that Pound Puppies TV series? Yeah. Yeah, I worked on that also. Um, backgrounds and uh, character. Um, if the character needed a costume, a different costume change for the episode, I would do those. Huh. Yeah, I remember watching that when I was a kid. <laughs> that was a great show. Yeah. How, how old were you at the time? Oh, golly. Pound Puppies, that was 1987, so I must have been about 10 years old. Wow. <laughs> and I, was in, I was in there already. <laughs> Thanks. You just made me feel old. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, it's, we, we don't call it old. We call it experienced. Yes. <laughs> See, this is Neverland. We don't grow up here. We just grow stronger and we grow wiser, but we never grow up. <laughs> Chronolog chronologically challenged. There you go. I mean, you know, you don't really have to grow up when you're going to work in animation and you have to draw for your life. You're really just, you know, it's it's like your Candyland, I would figure. <laughs> yeah, but at a certain point, they lock you away somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at some point, somebody's over and over your shoulder, hey, get this done, get this done. <laughs> you're X amount of years old. You're still watching cartoons. We've got we to gotta put oh, yeah. you somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well see that's how i think you 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 can deal with a lot of things in life because as an adult you know i've got to deal with a job i've got to pay bills and things like that but you know if i have that area i can go to where i have my cartoons or i still read my comic books then i still have my happy place and my pixie dust that uh, i can keep yeah. a good attitude with it it really is it's the uh, fountain of youth oh yeah you always got to keep a hold of that and you know I, I haven't got any children of my own, but I guess that's something you could, uh, as a father, you could pass on to your children. It's like, well, hey, I, I can spend time with my children and play with them, and I'm keeping myself young. I'm spending time with the kid, and the kid's loving it. I'm loving it, and everybody's happy. Oh, my, my son already passed me. He's 23 years old and a lot more mature than I am. So. <laughs> well, I just have to take him to Disneyland or something, get the kid back out of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, here I see. Speaking of Disney, uh, you did um, layouts and additional animation for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, the um, the the man who trained me in Hanna Barbera was William Frake, and um, so he actually got the lead position for the two ten sequence on Roger Rabbit, and he called me to assist him. Um. But that's how I got on that. And uh, his wife was had a baby a couple weeks into production. And he kind of, he left for a couple weeks. 
So it was on me, who had only a year's experience, and I'm working on, you know, <laughs> the movie that's going to bring animation back, you know. Yeah. So it was kind of stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the first movie you've gotten to work on, too, so. Yes, I think that's the only movie I got to work on. Oh, well, that's still that's, that's got to add to the pressure too. It's like, oh wait, this isn't on television. Now I have to even be even better because this is going to be on a bigger screen. It was crazy. <laughs> crazy. So is that so, how you started uh, first meeting up with Disney? That was my first job at Disney, um, and I was working with Dale Bear and Jane Bear and Robert Zemeckis, standing over my shoulder. Um. Wow. And, you know, you've seen the movie. I mean, the artwork is great uh, until yeah. you get to Toontown. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's wacky. And it's, uh, yeah, it's all over the place. But, uh, you know, I, I just, another position that I kind of just fell into. So. <laughs> It's kind of wild how that happens. You were definitely destined for this, like we were saying. <laughs> yeah, Just from able to walk in the door at Hanna Barbera and then fall right into the position of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> My grandpa worked in a rock quarry. So. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, well, I, I it was just everything falling into place for you. So. Well, I, I guess everybody on the forest, the forest dump of animation. <laughs> Well, you've been getting some good flavored chocolates. <laughs> there was one meeting they had uh, in the artist area with Robert Zemeckis. And up to that point, I had kind of, you know, just whispering in Dale and Jane's ear little ideas and things. And Robert Zemeckis is sitting right behind me. I, I was still working on my drawing. I'm not, I'm not even trying. I'm trying to avoid the whole meeting. Um, and then Jane says, "Ask Len. Len's always got good ideas." <laughs> and I didn't say a word. I didn't say a word through the whole meeting. Uh, I could have, you know, taken a whole different path if I'd have said something. But uh, oh well. Well, it could have been that they didn't like what you ended up saying, and that could have completely ruined things. You never know. <laughs> it could be better just to fall through and just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep working. This is what I know how to do, and I'm good at it. So, <laughs> Apparently, stuff is going to fall in my lap anyway, so why struggle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's you know, better just to not get in your own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Of least resistance. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. So then the next thing is well, this is where it gets big is when you get to work on Tailspin and I actually did some character designs. Well, actually, before that, I was on the adventures of the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yeah. They have um, things a little out of order here. <laughs> yeah. Right after Roger Rabbit ended, um, I got referred to. Disney TV animation and uh, got picked up to do uh, characters, incidental characters, and kind of costume design for Winnie the Pooh. 
and uh, I got an Emmy certificate for that for four years. Cool. So um, that's pretty cool. And then after that kind of was kind of wrapping up, uh, Tailspin was starting, and they asked me to do some designs. They had already done pitch cards. Bob Klein and Carol Police had done a lot of pitch art for it. But uh, they wanted to see some different takes on some of the characters. So they asked me to do, you know, Kit and Molly and Wildcat and Don Carnage. And so how many different versions of each character did you design? Or could you even remember a number? <laughs> I did, like, one version of each with some fine-tuning here and there. Because hmm. like I said, Bob already had a kind of a take on the characters. So I just kind of tweaked the costume and stuff, and especially on Kit. Um, it became more of a 1930s Little Rascals look. <laughs> yeah, he did kind of have that spanky kind of hat thing going on a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my that goodness! The inspiration. <laughs> I got it right in one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, sometimes things fall in my lap too. <laughs> yeah. So I, I designed that group of characters, and um, you know, again, just kind of fell into my lap. <laughs> at this point, I'd say you've become almost a go-to guy, though, after all your work at Winnie the Pooh. It's like, hey, we need a, kind of a different take on this here. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of my specialty, is designing the, the look of the costumes for the characters and making them really work. So... So now, one of my favorite old episodes of the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is uh, it was I guess they were putting on a play or whatever. They're doing a western where right. uh, Winnie, Winnie the Pooh was like this masked Avenger and he was riding on Eeyore like Eeyore was his steed. So did you get to do those designs uh, with the cowboy stuff and things like that? That that episode I think Toby Shelton did, and he was the character artist on it right before I came in. Ah. And there was some friction there uh -oh. <laughs> between him and, and uh, the producer. So uh, I kind of replaced Toby. And Toby did, like, the first season, I think. And then Kenny Tompkins and I did the rest. But if you like The Masked Offender, I did that one. I think I do remember that vaguely. It's been a very long time. But yeah, yeah, I always I always did like when they'd have uh, like different kind of outfits and they'd have different goofy storylines they'd come with for the characters to play in. <laughs> A lot of the the goofy costumes were mine. Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! Yeah, and even seeing this stuff, "A Night to Remember" was one of the episodes. I can only imagine trying to. <laughs> <laughs> work that out there. I think I vaguely remember that one too. They need to release these ones on DVD if they haven't. I used to There's love a lot watching of them on YouTube. 
Yeah, of course. Once it gets somewhere digital on YouTube, that's when they start thinking that maybe they can't have much success selling it on DVD. But I, I absolutely loved the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I think I saw more of those than I did of the actual, um, well, complete movie, I guess you could call it now, with the three uh, sort of half-hour features that they had done before. Uh, I, I remember seeing those, I think, in kindergarten or first grade, but then, you know, until I was a bit older and bought a copy of the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, the only version I had of Winnie the Pooh was the new Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So I kind of got used to that and watching that all the time. Yeah, yeah. It was a good series. Yeah. Uh, some good stories. And really, you know, delving into like some iconic characters for Disney already with Winnie the Pooh, so I guess it was kind of a natural fit going into Tailspin. Suddenly now... They've got you know characters from the Jungle Book, and they have to have a new look and a new situation for them. Seems like you're a natural fit. Yeah, um, it was those standard characters along with a whole new world of of other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun to work on. Okay, well, moving on to the next things here, raw tunage. Now that that really didn't last very long. I, I don't remember really watching a whole lot of it. <laughs> well, that's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I hear. That, that may be a psychological block. <laughs> but the, that was, I guess, another time because that was. They took a lot of the Disney Afternoon characters, I think, and uh, and some of the more familiar characters and, and gave them kind of a new spin. So I guess, once again, that's a perfect job for you to come in and give a new take on some of the characters. Oh, don't blame that one on me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, yeah. Well, actually, Bonkers, I think, started before Raw Tunage. And they took a bunch of the bonkers characters and did the, did these little shorts and put them together for raw tunage. I, I, I can't even say the name. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little too close to raw sewage. <laughs> exactly. I don't I don't know who okayed that, but it hadn't even been made yet, and it was stuck with that name. Oh my goodness. And, and again, I, I to anybody who worked on the series other than me, I apologize. It, it just wasn't mine. <laughs> my idea of a good time. Yeah. And Bonkers didn't last that long either, but it was a bit more fun. It was it was it seemed like they didn't know if they wanted to uh be completely toony with everything or if it was somehow another existing in the world of Roger Rabbit in its own weird way it's it seemed like they couldn't seem to make their mind up of where they were going with the show no they never could and that started right from the development of the show um when i heard the phrase their tunes living in a real world of tunes i was like wait a minute this is level upon level of inception and i, mm-hmm. I how's this going to work you know, there was supposed to be more realistic tunes interacting with cartoony tunes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was a big leap. Yeah. Well, at least Bonkers himself was kind of an interesting character. I liked him. He was funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I saw maybe one episode. 
<laughs> I and saw. I, I design bonkers. I created bonkers. Um, but yeah, again, not not for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did have a lot more success there with the Little Mermaid, bringing that to television. Yeah, that uh, that was that was good. Um, I think I was only on that for like uh, I, I don't think I made it through the whole season of that. Um, I was kind of worn out, and uh, I went to Consumer Products uh, about midway through the season of Mermaid. So you were designing merchandise or something? Yeah, yeah. It was, huh. uh, all the stuff at the, a lot of stuff at the Disney stores and parks and things. Wow. Do, is there yeah. any particular product you remember that uh, maybe somebody actually remembers that they had one? Well, I was working on the Snow White and the Seven Dwarf uh, property. I think it was an anniversary uh, release at that time. And uh, I was drawing all the dwarfs and uh, Sandra... Bardwarsh was doing uh, Snow White. So, yeah, I was uh, at Consumer Products for about a year and a half, I think. Wow. So then at some point, though, it looks like you left Disney and started working on Adventures in Odyssey home videos, which I've, I think I've seen half of these. I'm a big fan of the radio show Adventures in Odyssey, and we've actually had some guests on the show that were cast members on Adventures in Odyssey, including Katie Lee and Townsend Coleman. So how did you end up working uh, with that? It was a referral from somebody I knew. Um, Mike... Uh, I just had his name, Mike Jens and uh, Ken Johnson were producing the animation and uh, somebody referred me to them and uh, I designed you know, Wit and all the main characters uh, for that series. Wow. Well, again, just another thing <laughs> dropped in my lap. <laughs> I, 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 I'd never gone looking for it other than the first day when I knocked on Hanna-Barbera's door. I've never gone looking for any of this stuff. It's just always been handed to me. So, Wow, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, last lack of box of chocolates. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're always getting the good ones. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is just kind of amazing. Um so then what sort of advice would you give anybody who uh, is coming up and wants to pursue some sort of art and would really like to work in animation? Just keep drawing and hope it falls in your lap. <laughs> All I can speak for is my own experience. And, you know, if you don't knock on the door, it's always going to be no. You know, at least try. And uh, I don't know if those opportunities are still there or not. It's a lot more competitive, and it's worldwide. And um, it might be a little tougher, but if you don't go in and try, you won't know. So that's my message. Yeah. How much now has, has uh, your work changed now in the digital age? Uh, was it easy to adapt to uh, more of a computer art en environment? No, it's been kind of a struggle, but uh, I think it 
kind of got it now. Um, and this is only in the last couple of years, but uh, I haven't drawn on paper in about uh, 10 years. I'm on a Cintiq and a Mac with Photoshop and Painter and all these programs that I kind of learned, you know, here and there. I would get a little tip here and there, uh, either watching YouTube videos or somebody I worked with would help me out a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's, it's coming together. So... Um... Do you still like to go through and uh, just when you're going to make something on your own, just feel like drawing? Do you still like to go and crack out a like a some a piece of paper or a canvas or anything on your own? No, I'm not sure I can draw on paper anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's scary because you draw on paper, you're committing to that paper. Yeah, know? and in fact, when I started to loosen up. At drawing, I couldn't draw on just clean white paper. It was like, I'm going to mess up this piece of paper. So I would draw on newsprint, the cheapest paper you could find. And I felt more comfortable, like I could just scribble and make mistakes and do what I needed to do. And a lot of people would complain because they had to Xerox these things off of this brownish newsprint. <laughs> And you would get all the little gray patches and everything. and But that's the way I kind of taught myself how to draw is just if I knew I could throw it, throw it away, I was more comfortable. But, you know, they would give you the animation paper, and this is heavy stock animation paper. And I think it's because my grandpa worked in a quarry <laughs> that we kind of... We kind of conserved things, and uh, that's just the way I grew up. But, uh, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it did work out, even if it had just fallen in your lap. <laughs> don't, don't, don't come to me for life advice, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one to talk to. <laughs> It's one of those questions of, how did you get there? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but really, it's kind of cool that it all just starts with that. I mean, that's that's pretty gutsy to be, you know, just fresh from high school and somebody says, hey, why don't you take some of your drawings over to Hanna-Barbera? And, and you actually did. That's gutsy. Well, with no experience, yeah. And, and to last 30 years without real experience and without, you know, buckling under and saying, I, I should go to school. <laughs> so either either it's really gutsy or really stupid. <laughs> so, again, don't, don't use me as a model. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a fluke. So there you go. Yeah, well, it's it's still the, the the one thing you can take from it is when you see a potential opportunity, don't be afraid to just go for it anyway, because <laughs> you never that's, know. That's the lesson of the day. That is the lesson of the day. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, so, what is it you're working on these days? Ah, uh, I'm doing a lot of freelance work for toy companies, uh, toy design, and. Uh, 
the deco that goes on on the toys and some of my own stuff. Nothing too exciting right now. Well, designing for toys is kind of exciting to me. But <laughs> I'm a big yeah. kid. Beats beats real work. <laughs> yeah. So you basically have lived out the uh, if you follow your passion, you really never work a day in your life. I guess that qualifies. I have never had to work a hard day in my life. That's for sure. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that is really fascinating, though. <laughs> Sometimes you just never yeah, you know. had no idea what you were getting into. <laughs> but I, I just love it the the guts of just walking in the hand of barbarian and then everything just lining up for you. So I mean, you, uh, I don't know. It's like tomorrow is going to be the surprise. You might just have something laying in your lap tomorrow that we're going to be like, look, Len's at it again. <laughs> I get up every day thinking, yeah. It's coming today. It's coming today. Yeah, I've always been able to live indoors, so, but so it's, it's good. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I do want to ask about some of this other artwork that is on your web page because uh, I've seen you uh, have some drawings uh, of Big Boy, which I always think of Shonies when I see Big Boy, but because I, I think at one point they used him as the mascot. But it looks like you uh, were doing work for like a coloring book here? I was trying to bring back, when I was a kid, Bob's Big Boy. I loved Bob's Big Boy. But they used to have comic books on the counter mm -hmm. when you came in. And these were, you know, like 20, 30 page comic books. And they had, uh, you know, little stories. And I wanted to bring that back. So I pitched it to them and, it just kind of never happened, but that's what that's from. Ah, okay. And then also you've got some really great artwork, more Disney. Uh, looks like you were, it's, it's labeled as rats too, but I guess it's just a second set, but basically some ratatouille type of work. Is this something you were doing on your own or was this something? Uh, oh, wait, it says book illustrations for Disney publishing for the Pixar film. So do you actually got to uh, design it like a, what, uh, uh, what is this I'm yeah. looking at? <laughs> I've done a lot of uh, children's book for books for uh, Disney publishing. Um, I don't think there's a division I haven't worked for <laughs> in, at Disney. So this was like the illustrations for like a, a children's book adaption of like the movie and things like that. Then yeah, you know the little golden books they've been yeah. around forever. So I did I did uh, quite a few titles. Yeah, it looks like uh, if there's some artwork from Bolt on here. Really yeah. cool stuff. Thank you. And, uh, I haven't even dove into you've got an archive here <laughs> of all this different artwork. Uh, listing like Toy Story 2, Cars, uh, Stooges. I'm hoping this is like a Three Stooges thing. Because that would just be awesome. Oh, yes, it is. You drew the Three Stooges too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so definitely, everybody got to come and check out lenvsmith.blogspot.com. Uh, and just look at some of this artwork. It's a really, really great, fun style and uh, great caricatures, really. The Three Stooges here, too. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, I was kind of playing with the idea if they had been Warner Brothers characters. Kind of. Uh... <laughs> I just found some box art here of Tom and Jerry. Uh, do you... Is this was something you're kind of doing on your own, or have you gotten to do... Because uh, I know they did a few Hanna-Barbera 
straight-to-video type of things for Tom and Jerry. Did you get to design any of those? Those were um, re-releases of classics on uh, VHS, if you know what VHS is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I did a lot of box covers. I've done Happy Meal boxes. There's nothing that I haven't touched. <laughs> wow. That is spreading around. And this is more stuff that just kind of fell in your lap then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, I never went searching for it. It always came to me. Wow. So I guess the main thing to take away from that is just keep drawing because you never know. <laughs> and then seize yeah. an opportunity if you see one. My Even goodness. If you're not that good because I'm not nearly the best. But for some reason, People people used to tell me how much they liked my work, and I would sit there and go, you are nuts. This is not. This is, I knew it was not good. But it's amazing. It's still amazing to me. You know? If you go out there and follow your path and do what you want to do, I'm not sure it will happen all the time, but you, I think you have a better chance of of getting what you want. Yeah. Just follow your passion, keep going, and look yeah. for opportunities. I'm telling you, this this podcast that you're doing may pay off for you. You know, it may be the thing that clicks and uh, becomes your full time job. That would be awesome. You know, because you're doing it, you know, you're doing something you love. Yep. And getting to talk about everything we love that we grew up with. That's that's kind of the goal of Neverland is just enjoying what we remembered as a kid, a child and not letting it die and just not growing up. That's it. That's that's the magic. Do what you love. Don't be an egotist about it. Don't be a jerk about it. Just enjoy it and let it happen. And as long as it keeps coming to you, do it and enjoy it. And And when you stop enjoying it, then, you know, that's where the magic dies. Yeah. And you've got a great kind of a, like a happy comedy style is the only thing I can think of with the style of artwork. But it's, it's everything I'm looking at, it just has a sense of fun that's, that you're putting into all of your work. Well, that's what I'm saying. How can I complain? How can I be unhappy? I get to yeah. sit and draw characters and people pay me for it. And... You know, my life doesn't suck. I mean, it could be better. <laughs> there are things that could be better. But, uh, you know, I'm not digging ditches. And, right. Uh, so. And you're not working in a rock quarry like your grandpa. Yeah. So it's all for grams. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'm just here. I'm just clicking all over the place on your website, just looking at all these different stuff. Looking at oh my gosh, a Captain Crunch design you have here. Uh, I just love the. It's just I don't know. It's just it's it's got everything's got a, a sense of comedy, a comic sensibility to the style, and just happy and fun. I really love this art style. It's really great. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I was talking to a customer of mine this afternoon and he was pulling up all this stuff that somebody is selling on eBay of my, it's not me. I'm not selling it. Somebody is selling a bunch of my stuff on eBay. Just all of a sudden things are popping up on eBay, which is, uh, 
So if anybody goes out there and bids on it, it's not coming. This money is not coming to me. <laughs> but uh, it's weird how this little bubble is happening right now. Yeah, I think I remember hearing of, like you there were you found on eBay a uh, like a plush of Kit Cloud Kicker that was going for uh, fourteen hundred bucks. Whoa! And if and if the one I have didn't already belong to my son, I would have sold it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Like when I uh, had Tiles and Coleman on the show, uh, he actually had a classic-style uh, tick. It was talking, and actually was talking with his voice, and he had. And I I was not even going to try to try to find one on eBay. But he says, oh, if you went to eBay, I bet you could probably find one, but I bet you'd pay an exorbitant amount for it. You never know. Sometimes you people never don't know. know what the stuff is worth, you know. There's a lot of stuff that I had when I was a kid I wish I'd have kept a hold of because you never know what I could have gotten for it now. You got right. stores like Vintage Stock out there that has, you know, that now you can buy a Transformer for, a, you know, $500 at Vintage yeah, Stock. You have, have a house full of crap. Who needs that? Well, I've got my room full of crap. So. <laughs> I'm allowed one room in the entire apartment here that I've got Ninja Turtles hanging off the wall and Spider-Man swinging from the corner. <laughs> The cartoon cave, huh? The cartoon cave. Yeah, well, I, I have to have some space, I guess. Yeah. But that's 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 pretty much helps keep me the right attitude for doing this show. Right. <laughs> and the funny thing was, speaking of being a, a Flintstones fan, and uh, a lot of listeners probably already have heard me talk about this, but actually when that Flintstones movie came out, me and uh, my buddy Phil dressed as Fred and Barney when we went to go see the movie. So. Cool. <laughs> That's how bad we are for Flintstones. I've cosplayed for it. <laughs> oh. Hopefully it was warmer since there are no oh, pants yeah. involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was much warmer it, since it, it was May. So, <laughs> Yeah, this, yeah, the things you go through for your own uh, amusement. So <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. Sometimes you got to take that step. That's part of that following that passion. Yep. So. But I, I thank you much for taking the time to come on the show with us this week. This has been fun. Thank you. No, it's good talking with you. Well, it's good to talk to you. And once again, I'll remind our listeners to go and check out lenvsmith.blogspot.com. And you can go and look at all kinds of just fun artwork that you've got on here. This is great. Uh, is there any new projects you're, you're thinking about working out or about to work on or currently working on that you'd like to get people excited about? I am thinking about working on stuff all the time, but uh, <laughs> and as soon as that materializes, I'll let you know. All right, we look forward to it. And yeah. remember, kids, don't use me as a life model. <laughs> Do not watch Forrest Gump and think that's the way life happens. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's happened once in real life. <laughs> yeah, and you're the example of it happening once. It's probably not going to happen again. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> it's, it's time for another one. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it'll be me. Maybe tomorrow could be that day something's going to fall in my lap. I don't know what yeah. it'd be. With my luck, it'd probably be uh, a piano or something would fall and kill me. Uh, That'd even fall in my lap. <laughs> like, like Eddie Valiant's brother. There you go. 
That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> now we brought it full circle. <laughs> the circle is now complete. <laughs> now we iris out. Well, that just about wraps things up for us. Uh, so I just want to remind you to keep that pixie in your pocket all week until you come back to Neverland. You have to keep that pixie in your pocket. You know what that is? That is your young at heart, your good attitude. Uh, you're keeping a right spirit. You know, you're going to have to deal with things, of course, in life. We say this all the time. That, you know, life is rough sometimes. But if you can keep the right attitude and you can be young at heart, it really does help you get through it. So, you know what? Find that happy place every day, that you, your own private personal Neverland, and make sure you keep it with you, and then share it with others. Pixie Dust is meant to be shared with other people. You know, spread the love, spread the joy. And come back next week when we'll have very special guest, Paul Berry, who's going to talk to us all about the Country Bear Jamboree, and also the movie, because did you know he had a small part in the Country Bears movie? Did you? Well, come back next week, and he will tell you all about it. Until then... God bless, and uh, we'll see you in Neverland. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on Twitter.com slash NeverlandPCast and Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And send email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright Blue Band Productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license. Good night, Neverland! Hey, hey, are you still there? I'm curious who actually listens to the entire outro bumper that I have here at the end of the show. So if you've listened this far, I would love it if you send me an email, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com, and tell me you made it this far and give me the secret word. Let's see. Uh, the secret word is crocodile. How about that? Okay, so send me an email and say crocodile, and uh, maybe I'll have something fun for somebody who sends me that email. I do have a fun things that I picked up over in Marceline, Missouri, you know, Walt Disney's boyhood home, and I haven't given them away yet. So, anyone who sends me an email that says, hey, crocodile, I'm probably going to send you something fun then, aren't I? Yes, indeed. All right, well, we'll see you next week. <laughs>